everyone. My name is Joshua Acton, and I'm the host of the Pin for Pin podcast. A little bit about me. I currently have a 175 average, and I am a recruit for the Belmont Abbey men's bowling team, and I'll be heading there this fall. The Pin for Pin podcast is a college bowling podcast. I'll talk about all things college bowling, including rankings, seedings, predictions, and recruiting. This podcast is a combination of solo podcasts, interviews with players and coaches, as well as tips and tricks. I will also have PBA recaps to see what's going on at the professional level. I started Pin for Pin because there wasn't a bowling podcast that was hosted by a player. Sure, you get the occasional interview from a pro who used to bowl in college, but this is from a player's perspective. I am going on a journey to the top of the bowling podcast world, as well as having success on the college lanes. I invite you all to join me on this adventure full of extremely tough shots and potential 12 baggers. This week's PBA recap, we're recapping the TOC, the Tournament of Champions. The first match featured Francois Laval and Sean Rash, and Laval beat Rash 225-209. to 209. And that was an interesting match. Rash never looked comfortable. He threw like three Brooklyn strikes. And, you know, Francois had his troubles as well, but it was mainly the Brooklyns that kept Sean Rash in that match. But Laval got through pretty much with no trouble, just picked up a few spares along the way. But, yeah, Sean, I was really looking forward to seeing Sean versus Belmonte. I know Belmonte was far off at the number two seed, but I haven't seen those guys on television together, not in the PBA league since probably that little exhibition the PBA did, or I believe they fought in one of the majors as well back in like 2014 or 2015 when Belmonte was going on that run. But back to the TOC in the second match, it was Laval versus Jesper Svensson. Now I picked Jesper Spence in the win because he was the only left-handed two-hander on the tour. He was the youngest player to ever win the TOC at age 20, and I thought he was going to win. I honestly did. I thought he was going to throw a pitch black and just do what Yesford does, sending messengers all the way down the lane, but he threw a fast pitch, and while he did well, Francois was just going along doing it and now my buddy Alex he picked Francois to win I was thinking no way like Francois this is his fourth major telecast that he's made and last time he didn't win and the other two times for U.S. Opens and I was like there's no way Francois is ever gonna win this because there's too much guys with too big a rev rate he might get past Rash but Yes, for Belmo and Simonson back to back to back. I thought he was just going to get overpowered, but he beat Yes for 236 to 201. Now that was interesting because in the 10th, Lavash, going into the 10th, they were tied, and Laval shot three beautiful shots in the 10th to make Yes for have to strike out to tie. And Yesford threw a really bad shot in the 10th, and then it was just all over from there. He couldn't win, and so Frankie moves on. And at this point, I was like, okay, if Yesford's not going to get him, Belmo Magic is going to get him. Belmonte, the best bowler on the PBA right now, he's going to get him. Nope. Belmo just dropped the ball. 
I'm going to say he dropped the ball there. Wall beat him 220 to 194. And that's one of Belmonte's lowest games on television, if you can believe that. Belmonte, he, again, I have in my notes, he fell apart. He ended with a bad break late in the match. He was basically lofting it at the end there. And it just came in a bit light, and he left the nine pin, and then he struck. But it was just too late by then. And so Lavoie got past Belmonte. And at this point, I just threw my hands up. I was like, it's Lavoie's day. Like, if he's going through all these people, it's Lavoie's day. And, you know, I wasn't counting out Simonson, but typically when you're doing this, it's your day. Like, you could be like Brad Miller and get past everybody and then in that title match just lose it. But Frankie isn't Brad Miller. He's been in this position many a times, and I thought he was surely going to get the job done. And, of course, Alex is texting me like, ah, I see, I told you so. He's going to get the job done. He's going to beat Simo. And I was like, oh, my goodness. He's probably going to beat Simo. And lo and behold, Francois Lavoie, the French-Canadian, the Wichita State alumni, 2014 intercollegiate singles champion in college, beats Anthony Simonson 233-187. to now, Francois was just looking like he was just, just confident and he was just going to win it all the way. Like, of course, he wasn't perfect, but neither was Simonson. I mean, it was just it was just bad. Like, Simonson wasn't looking comfortable. It wasn't like he was throwing bad shots. It was just he wasn't getting the hits that he needed. And Francois was, yeah, a little tap here, a little tap there. You know, it, it just wasn't Simonton's day. But he's still young. He's got time. But Francois, it was Francois' day to day. You know, with this major, Francois was now Hall of Fame eligible with three majors and five titles in total. And, of course, him being very humble, he was saying it really wasn't anything special that's the thing that he does all the time you know he's a pretty humble guy but i'm just excited to see what's next for francois lavoie and everything that he has in store on tour now with this i believe he's moved up in the pba points rankings right next to kyle troop and so they'll be heading to the pba strike clash or whatever it's called with all the major champions and yeah so on to college bowling. The rankings have dropped this evening. In, we're in week eight of the college bowling season. On the men's side, the University of Northwestern Ohio is at the top of the charts, and they got six teams in the top six, so they're at the top of the board. Now, I don't know if this is some sort of glitch or whatever, but they're double ahead of the next people up, which is University of St. Francis. Then you got your traditional powerhouses, Marion University, Wisconsin Whitewater, Weber International, the defending champions, Mount Murphy, St. Ambrose, some Iowa schools. And everyone's doing pretty well. Uh, Weber just won the Hoosier Classic a few days ago. And so they're lining themselves up in position to win this other title you know back in 2017 they got stripped 
of their title, but in 2019, they came back with a vengeance and swept to get the men's team tour title. So everyone's just trying to get situated for the postseason by getting all these high scores. You know, the diagram or the algorithm that the USBC gives is a pretty complex algorithm, even though it seems simple. It's about multiplying averages and event factors and PowerPoints, even though you can't really determine PowerPoints much or they're kind of arbitrary. But sooner or later, I'll get to know those more and be able to explain it better. I'll have to deep dive into that. But as of right now, your top 25 are University of Northwest, Dern, Ohio, St. Francis University, Marion University, Wisconsin Whitewater, Emmanuel College, Weber International University, Mount Mercy University, St. Ambrose University, Pikeville, rounding at the top 15. Then at 16, you got Lawrence Technology University. They were in a title match here recently. Merritt Martin Methodist College, Notre Dame College, Tennessee Wesleyan, Ottawa University, Kansas. That was a good team. Excuse me. Indiana Institution of Technology, Newman University, Calumet College of St. Joseph, go the Crimson Tide, Midland University, and Hastings College round at the top 25. And so everybody's trying to get to that top 25 spot. But uh, that one team that I'm rooting for, Belmont Abbey there in 97th place, they only have one tournament on the books and they have another tournament scheduled here in the near future going against Emmanuel College. And Emmanuel, as you said, we're top 25. So if they can get the jump on Emmanuel, they'll shoot up the rankings as well. So that's the team I'm rooting for. You know, Coach Kukwa, he got in there. He's going to make Belmont Abbey a national powerhouse. But we'll keep an eye on them and see where they're going. Other notable schools, Clary, a good school, is in 95th place. You know, you got Arizona Christian, 84th. San San Antonio University, Texas, 79th. All of these good schools that, you know, can really get the job done, but just haven't had the opportunities this year as they were like Upper Iowa 67th, Coach DuPaul doing a great job there. You know, Rio University of Rio Grande, 67th. All these good colleges, all good bowlers, and I can't wait to see what happens to them this week. All right, well, that's all that's in the past, so let's look to the future. March 5th, the Columbia 300 Music Music City Classic will be hosted at Samirin Bowling Center. The 6th of March, Mountainy Mid-State Challenge Northland at Northland Bowl. Also at the 6th, Rotogrip Raider Classic for the men and the women. But they're held at two different bowling alleys. For the men, it's the Beaver View Bowl. And for the women, it's the Pulikin Woodman Lanes. Also on the 6th, Red Flash Invitational at Holiday Lanes. Also on the 6th, AMCC North 2 Eastern Bowl. AMCC South. AMF Playmore Lanes. The Regional Unaffiliated Group Tournament. 
at the Alley of Selena on the 7th, the Viterbro V-Hawk invite at Plumore Lanes in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And that's all for this week for the tournaments that will be held collegiately. And so after these all conclude, I'll see what I can find and give you all a recap on them and see how the teams competing in them shake up the rankings and see which teams emerge victorious and see what the outcomes are. I'm really excited to see what happens and to really grow this podcast. Uh, This kind of going to be, you know, something good. This is going to really grow the sport and be something I want to do. And in the near future, I'm going to be having some people come on and give their takes. That way you can really get an inside idea on what coaches and players are doing with their recruiting, really focusing on recruiting players with their recruitment stories and coaches on what they're looking for, what their programs are about. It'll be a great place for coaches to get their message out to recruits during COVID. And that's one of the primary reasons I want to start this whole thing. And so if there's any college coaches out there listening, feel free to let me know your information and then we can get you on the podcast. I'd love to have you all on, you know, whenever you guys are available, we can make it happen, you know, get your message out there. It's This is a great platform for recruits. Now enough with the sales pitchiness. This is going to be the end of the podcast for week eight of the USBC slash NCAA season. I'm your host, Joshua Atkinson. Remember, the levels of success are good, better, best. So never let it rest till you're better than the best. Goodbye, everybody. Hope you have a great week. Thank you.